whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Life podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello, dear dancers. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to the Belly Dance Live podcast. And this is our mini-series episode from Student Voices, reminding you that all of us are remain being students regardless of how many years we dance, how many years we practice, do we teach, do we perform, do we get paid for all this, or we just keep it as a simple side hobby. And our today's conversation is an excellent example of it because with our amazing member of the Young Dance Club, Sandra, we talked about self-curating dance journey. And this is something that all of us are facing at some point of our training. Then we grow up from being literally baby dancers, starting with only one teacher who directs us, who tells what to pay attention to, what to learn, which choreography, which class to go, etc. To then transitioning into a more adult dancer, let's say, or dance student, I would say, uh, when we need to choose ourselves uh, with whom to study, even if we have one main teacher, but which uh, other workshops we want to attend, which festivals, which literally sometimes which choreography to learn, or which book to read, etc. Like how to expand our knowledge. And then we take ownership, not only following someone's guidance, but trying to decide for ourselves. And this is also deeply part of my philosophy that for any dancers, regardless of how many years you practice or how good your main teacher is, at some point, you need to take initiative and become, at certain point, your own mentor. That doesn't mean that you don't have actual mentor, but that means that you are not only becoming your stud- uh, student yourself, but you are becoming kind of like a guidance for yourself, trying to choose which direction to head further. And this is exactly what we talked uh, today with Sandra. So I hope you will enjoy this uh, conversation. Let me know, by the way, how do you enjoy this special series, mini-series, Student Voices? And if it's interesting, helpful, inciting, inspiring for you, or uh, bringing you any thoughts to digest and process. I'm really curious about it. And on this note, uh, letting you dive into our today's episode. Hello, dear Sandra. I'm very excited to talk to you today about your dance and dance experience. But to start our conversation, I would be really happy to uh, know a little bit more about you. Can you share, please, where you're from? What are you doing? What's your main thing? Uh, is it dance-related or not dance-related? And uh, in general, how, how things are going on? <laughs> Okay. Well, I live in a small town in British Columbia in Canada, and it's very cold right now. It's minus 16, and uh, I just finished shoveling the driveway because we have lots of snow. Um, I'm on my holidays from my day job, which is as a certified dental assistant. 
and um, yeah, it's nice to have a little break. And I like to have dance in my life because it helps to balance out the, uh, the type of work that I do. It helps my body actually, because I have to um, do repetitive motions and things like that in my job. And so dance helps to keep me, uh, keep me going. So I like mm -hmm. to do the both, do both at the same time. Well, not probably at the very same time. <laughs> that would be challenging, but a little fun. bit. But fun, probably. Yes. <laughs> it is fun because sometimes I do when I'm not directly assisting with patients and I'm doing my uh, infection control. I and the radio is on. I I practice dancing. <laughs> she in between. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. And how about dance? So when did it enter your life? How did it happen? And how long time ago? So it was the year 2000. I went to a dance class with a friend of mine, a belly dance class to try it out. And it was so fascinating to me, my teacher and the music, the movements. That's it. It was I guess, love at first sight. And I, mm -hmm. I've been doing it ever since. So I was taking classes for about six years with her. And then I branched out on my own to teach. I had a background in fitness instruction. So that gave me the confidence. And I felt the background to have, um, to be able to teach safe movement. And then just constantly learning through videos. And because at the time there, you had to, YouTube wasn't well, I guess it was going on, but in the year 2000, maybe a bit early. But so a lot of uh, dance videos and any kind of workshop that I could get to. We usually get one workshop a year where I live because it's a small area. Mm -hmm. But just always trying to learn and then always trying to do my best as a as a teacher. So and that's just once a week. But uh, and I have some really nice ladies that I teach and it's been great. Uh, although in the past two years with the pandemic, um, I haven't been teaching it just the environment is not safe enough, especially with uh, my job, because it's a bit risky. And so I don't want to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to put anyone in harm's way. So it's just been learning on my own. What do you mean learning on your own? That's a very interesting topic for many dancers who kind of like maybe, you know, try to find their own path in their own way and maybe not have access to dance classes, dance studios, or maybe they started with one teacher, but then the teacher stopped and then it's like, okay, so how to, to make it happen? And as a teacher, you probably also like want to like improve learn more so how for you personally throughout all these like years how does that what does it mean like oh learning belly dance on my own like what did you put in there so it was you know just reaching out for I guess online resources especially in the last two years I mean with the dance club and with other um you know there's been so many workshops now that I can take with teachers around the world that I would mm -hmm. never be able to have access to. And, and that level of instruction has, has helped me quite a bit. Uh, so that's been great. And our local dance studio, it's for kids, but they've now offered it classes for adults for a little while. And I've been able to take those online. So I'm taking ballet as well, which is also improving mm -hmm. my 
uh, belly dance. I've always wanted those nice lines and I think it's going to help me. And, uh, oh, Catalan Schaefer, you know her. Mm -hmm. So I've been taking online classes with her. And so she has the sort of a, a different uh, sort of, I guess, modern jazz or modern dance feel, Approach, which yeah. also is a nice um, addition to all the other learning that I've been taking in but you started uh, taking online or using online resources before this pandemic craziness as I understood so mm -hmm. I wonder uh, how was your experience of learning online like obviously since you are into it a lot these days uh, it's like uh, you you get in like benefits and you like it but was it always like that did you have any struggles with studying online or you were always like because you know many people have um some concerns about like oh but online it's not like in person it's different they can't maybe study online so they have some concerns and worries if, the, if it will be for them i don't know for you in the beginning uh, maybe you can remember like the very some sort of first online like classes and resources like what was your approach to it how it felt after taking in-person classes and maybe how did it change throughout the years um I've always gotten a lot out of those classes I mean I'm not getting the feedback from the teachers especially if it's a um you know if, if, if it's not through zoom for example and they can't see me and even through zoom the screen is so small, they can't always uh, give feedback. But even so, I just tried my best to take in the learning that was given and just go from there. I, the thing that's helped me a lot is to, because of you, is to videotape myself because then I can really see if I'm actually, I can look in the mirror and think, okay, I think I've got a move. And then, um, then I videotape it and think, oh, <laughs> I need to do a little bit more work because <laughs> what you can't see when you're turning or that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Working in front of Miro and videotaping yourself, it's just two different tools to address different things in our training. So yeah, I'm a big fan of videotaping, video recording and seeing from a side, like from the camera, how it looks. In your journey of uh, uh, basically almost like self-coaching, actually self-coaching with, with some extra tools from online teachers, but still like self-coaching. Um, I know there are a lot of challenges in being sort of your own coach or teacher, at least in my experience, I definitely can feel it. Uh, like there are periods of time that is like, ah, oh, it feels very challenging and I wish there was external force. How for you to basically be your own coach and dance uh, it's kind of cool like whenever you decide whatever you decide but uh, probably there are some hidden uh, stones underneath there like <laughs> well yes and I think there are certain movements that even though um, someone will break it down sometimes they're so difficult that uh, it's hard to it's hard to get past them on your own sometimes. I guess you just have to keep trying and trying and trying uh, and find ways to get past the frustration <laughs> because mm. sometimes that'll stop you in your tracks and you just don't feel like 
you don't feel like doing it because it's, it loses the fun quality, but um, I don't know, I guess, I guess you this sounds not very specific, but if you want it badly enough, you find ways to keep chipping away at it. Just if it's important enough, I guess, I guess you will. And you see a dancer doing something magical and you think, oh, if I could just feel that or portray that, uh, I find that very inspiring. Or a piece of music is so beautiful that you um, just find ways to interpret it. And I guess that's what drives me, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. On my own. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything that used to be super challenging and you thought like, oh, I will never learn it. I will never like master it. But now it's like, oh, it's here. It's in me. It's in my skills. <laughs> is there anything like that that you feel? Oh, what a good question. I remember trying to get a three quarter shimmy on the down was very difficult. And I practiced so much. And finally, now I could do it. No problem. No problem. The one thing that I still struggle with is doing a belly roll and it's getting easier actually with, with your instruction. I'm, it's not quite right, but it's coming mm. <laughs> after 20 years. It only takes 20 years plus to get some moves. <laughs> there are some things that take long time to happen suddenly. <laughs> mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah, that's our technique. But it's cool. I, I wanted to ask this question because sometimes we focus so much on like, oh, it's imperfect. Oh, it's not there yet. We forget to celebrate achievements. Because I bet not only that move was challenging in the beginning, probably many more moves, but now we're just taking them for granted. And especially if a big part of your training journey happens uh, sort of self-curated, which I think is more difficult than under guidance of some other teacher. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that actually. Yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah, how do you find the right uh, skills or the right resource to address certain things? I, get, I suppose it's somewhat intuitive, at least for me, uh, or, or whatever holds my attention. I mean, something will, I think it's when I watch something and, and I think, oh, that's amazing. And, and I go back to that again. And, and that's what uh, leads me. Yes. And there's so much to learn, isn't there, in mm -hmm. under the umbrella of belly dance? I mean, endless. And, you know, I've, yeah, taking classes from you know, Nada El Masria, we got to um, have her come to us a couple times. And you learn so much more about the culture and, and then the folkloric steps. And it just, yeah. And I think all of that helps to uh, give you a breadth of a breadth of knowledge that is uh, useful. And then of course you have to go in depth so that you also have the depth of knowledge. So yeah, you just keep, just keep working at it. I suppose mm. I sound pretty repetitive over these <laughs> answers, but I guess that's how it is for me anyway. Well, that's how it feels. And it's literally endless ocean of possibilities and following your interest and um, keep them I think 
sort of like consistent or stick to them until you see some progress and regardless how long it takes two days two months or 20 years it doesn't really matter That's right <laughs> uh what is your current sort of focus or let's say excitement to learn because we were talking about following interest to excitement or improving skills. Right now, what's the most exciting for you to learn that you are trying to put your energy into? I think for me, it's it's uh, getting more creative with um, with my own dance. And so that's taking more modern or contemporary style is very exciting for me. The movement is very different and it's quite it's quite exciting for me. Also, um, having the ballet classes, um, they've really helped a lot with, I can feel it in my posture and just overall strength, I think. And that even, the feeling in my body actually is quite interesting having those different genres come together along with the belly dance and trying to combine them all together. They kind of, help one another I find and I quite like that mm. and that's also very cool like to put together different styles and different practices from different different approaches not only from different teachers in in ballet dance arena but from different teachers in different sort of areas it's still dance but it's different so how is your training looks like uh, these days I know right now like it's a holiday season but like in general when we are on the flow and smooth and nice and you're taking this online classes you're practicing on your own so how is your do you have like specific schedule that you practice or is it like happens uh like you know spontaneously or following your like you know intuition <laughs> when it needs to happen so can you describe if you take like one or two weeks or whatever period like you have how is your training looks like these days oh thank you it looks like uh, once a week I I try to get a ballet class in although our our uh classes that I have through the dance school were um closed off for about uh, a month because our teacher was injured. So then I try to go online on YouTube and find beginner ballet. And I try to do that once a week. And then I have the class with Catalan and that's once a week. And then I jump in with your classes, um, one or two drills, and then our assignments if we're doing a, an intensive. And sometimes I'll just put on music and just have a little bit of fun as well as the as the mood strikes so that's how it looks mm -hmm. and you practice a lot at home right oh yes mm -hmm. all the time in my small little space with the cats <laughs> how did you i'm curious how did you organize your dance uh dance space at home because that's a struggle and, and can be excused oh i don't have space to dance at home so for you how is it well I've always wanted to have a space for dance. And so in my little house, it's just a room that I don't put much in and I have a, a large mirror and this is what I dance in. It's mm. not very big. I don't know. There's a 10 by 10, maybe 12 by 12. And this is it. This is this, this is the space. 
sometimes I'll move into the living room if I'm doing something online and I need a bit more room that I can go into there. But I have to watch over the ceiling fan and things like that. Like anyone who dances from home, you have to find your space in amongst the life of the home. Mm -hmm. Did you put any things around that space that symbolize for you? Like, oh, this is my dance, little dance corner. Or you just leave it as like, you know, empty as possible. <laughs> all of my, um, all of my, I don't know if you can see whoops, behind me, but I've got all my, a lot of veils and uh-huh. props and things on the wall. And then I have a few pictures that people have taken of me uh, in my dance costume and they're on the wall. So yeah, I guess that helps to um, keep me inspired. Mm, that's cool and I know also you get inspired you get extra inspiration or as a use it as a tool um because you're very creative with your outfits for training at least in the videos that I saw it's so cool is it something that you're using like on a regular basis that you know you're conscious that or it may like you know like bring more fun to the training or excites you uh or is it just naturally comes Uh, like this well it's so funny because um with the uh dance intensives when I have to uh do an assignment I think oh what can I wear today and what do I have (laughs) so I dream it up before (laughs) and sometimes Ayanna I'm not having a lot of sleep and so afterwards I look at my outfit and think hmm maybe that was maybe that was not the best choice, but I was so tired and I thought it was great at, at the time. And then I look back and it makes me laugh because <laughs> sometimes it's quite silly, but it's fun. I like that part. Ah, no, they are very, new outfits. they're very cool. Uh, like really. And uh, it's something like special, I don't know, almost like your specialty or something, but I was curious, like, so you are basically uh, that's external motivation makes you put it out or do you do it for yourself too when you just practice without necessarily recording something and putting it out for someone else to see usually um usually I dress up like when I come up with something creative if it's for other people to see if it's on my own I just dance in whatever is practical you know sometimes it's in in jeans and slippers because it's cold or if I'm getting too warm then it's getting into I have a few little um training outfits I've made and and they work quite well they Mm. you know I can move and they they're the right temperature once you get going so that's yeah Mm, that's that's cool um you already start mentioning like some of like intensives and sending us videos uh, about Yana Dance Club but I'm curious um what was the initial reason why you joined the club? Oh, do you know what? Because you had a podcast challenge. I was listening to that since it started, actually, which I love very much. And act, and it's an, introduced me to a lot of artists that I would not have known about otherwise. So that's been great. Um there was a podcast challenge for a drum solo. And then I think it was just shortly after that, you opened up your, your dance club and Mm -hmm. I had really enjoyed the, the challenge. And so I thought, Oh, let's try this. And there's so much on there, Ayana. I don't know how you have such amazing ability to create content. It's, it's really 
amazing and really such a treat for a dancer, I think, to um, get on there. And there's so much a person can learn in so many different ways. It's great. Mm, thank you so much. What's your favorite piece of content there so far? Oh, do you know, I love the videos when you're on location. It feels like going on a mini trip. Oh, I love that. <laughs> uh, which trip was your favorite so far? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I love the beaches when you were in Brazil. And then, of course, in Turkey. I mean, but then, it, yeah. You did which video? in Egypt as well, right? Yeah. Which video comes to your mind right away when I ask this question? Oh, the, the Pamukkale. Mm -hmm. Pamukkale, Pamukkale, Pamukkale. the white. Yes. There. Yeah. That was, <laughs> that was really cool. Uh, I see. Well, yeah, sometimes that we decided to, to add um, uh, recently, let's say, it came, came, kind of came naturally, but, uh, well, you probably remember how in these two years the club changed and evolved, and you basically were from the very beginning of it, which is very, very exciting. And uh, in terms of your dance practice, uh, how exactly do you use and incorporate it in your training? So you mentioned that you're using it basically with uh, uh, assignments, intensive assignments. That's your main focus. So like a couple of times per week that you jump on assignments or you use it more like in a different structured way from different resources, not only intensives. Yeah, so it's a lot to do with the intensives. But then... Um, I'll use knowledge that you've taught. And for example, I had one performance this year. It was all very COVID, you know, we were very careful how we went about it. And, um, and it was not belly dance, it was a fusion piece. And I was just using some of the tips and tricks I learned from you just to help polish the dance. Mm. So, um, I guess the lessons, they stay with me and I remember certain certain tips or certain words that you've used to describe things and I'll have those in mind uh, just to remind me to, I don't know, to hold my posture better or I'm always working on my arms. Oh my goodness. And so <laughs> I'm always trying to think about using my back and sometimes I remember to do that. And then sometimes I don't, if I'm concentrating on something else, it goes out the window. So I guess I need more muscle memory, but yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. Well, that definitely comes with practice, like muscle memory. And we all struggle with our own different things and on a, like, for every dance, it's like, oh, it can be so much better. We all think that even, even people who we look and admire it, they still struggle with something. <laughs> Well, coming back to the general topic of ballet dance, uh, how do you feel ballet dance contributes to your life? What it brings that without ballet dance, maybe you wouldn't have it in your life? Hmm, good question. It, I think, brings, uh, it feels like magic to me. Uh, there's something about the music and the movements and then especially if you um, have on a costume and it's so beautiful to me, uh, the whole package is, yeah, I guess it's just everything wrapped up into it. It's, it brings a lot of joy and 
creativity and magic, I suppose, into my world. Mm. It always has. Mm. And uh, st- uh, talking about costumes, do you remember the very first time you put costume on and went out to, you know, present yourself as a ballet dancer? I, re- I remember I first made some costumes. I I'm, didn't know what I was doing and I tried. They weren't very good. And then when I got to buy my first real costume, oh my goodness, it felt like, I mean, the costume almost does the dancing for you. You feel amazing when you put one on, just the weight of it and the, oh, they're so nice, aren't they? I mean, they're just works of art, really. When you put them on, you feel amazing when you wear them. So yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> and for your students, uh, do you try to encourage them to go and perform? Or is it just like for fun, like once per week? Like what, what's your classes about? Like, tell us. <laughs> There, um, we usually work on when there's a workshop that comes close to our town, there's always a, an evening gala show. And so we usually get prepared for that. And so it's a group choreography that we will do and it's different every year. And, and that's fun. And I encourage them to do solos, but you know, we're all mature ladies. And so I don't know that a solo is uh, a driving force for them necessarily although I certainly keep the door open for them if they ever wanted to and I drop little hints here and there in case they you know take a bite and they want to branch out but usually it's the camaraderie of uh of a group performance uh that that we do together and those have really been actually quite quite nice yeah and Mm. again some of them aren't uh even sort of belly dance they're more fusion but they take elements from belly dance and they've been really, um, gosh, what's the word? I don't know. It's just such a, a, a nice feeling when you're dancing, uh, with people, we had done one mm-hmm. dance and, and the audience all came up to us afterwards and said, they wish they could have been a part of it because the feeling was so strong. The emotions were so, uh, it was such a nice feeling that came out of it. And it was from all of us dancing together and every, everybody brought their own, magic to it I suppose and it was Mm. really it was really a nice moment it was really it was great it was great by the way what actually uh pushed you to do the classes you you mentioned that there was not many opportunities like where you lived but for you to start teaching uh how did it happen and how did you realize or decided that you're ready to teach because it's another struggle for many dancers that I kind of want but I don't know if I'm ready so for you how did you did that step and took that decision oh I want to start teaching well there was people that would say oh why don't you teach you know they had seen me dance Mm -hmm. and they said oh you should teach you should teach and Yes, I had had six years of of learning from my teacher. And so I thought, well, I'm not completely fresh out of the gate. So I guess six years is an okay enough time to start. And like I said, I had a fitness background. And that made me feel comfortable in front of a class. And I knew how to put a class together, even though, I mean, they're different, but they're, you know, you need a warm up and you need all of these things. And so that really helped me have the confidence to try. And then I just wanted to branch out. I think I had plateaued a little bit and I, I wanted to 
to try more things for myself, I think. Mm. So that's what gave me the push. Mm. And plus I had a very, very generous lady who had a yoga studio and she invited me to teach and there was a place and a, and a time slot and uh, she paved the way. So that, that helped a lot as well. Mm, yeah, that's also great to find the support, but also kind of following. Oh, but when people were saying uh, you should teach, you should teach, did you feel that you should teach? Did you feel ready? Do you remember that feeling inside you? Was it excitement? Was it skepticism? Or like, oh, maybe like, okay, you mentioned that you were, you were not a complete beginner, how you felt, like obviously after years of learning, but still like, was there that bug inside you or it was just excitement? Okay, let's do it. I think it was excitement because I was so excited about the moves and everything I had learned. And I just, I wanted to pass that on to people. I, I was excited about it. I wanted to share it. Mm, that's cool and how about now what are you excited uh, about in dance and do you have any dance goals or dance dreams just uh, for you for your dance journey I think it's just maintaining a status quo at this point I think just yeah just keeping dance going in my life for stress relief and to keep my body in shape or to keep me injury free from from my job um sometimes i think i might want to make a video and and submit it for a, a dance festival and then i wonder if i'm up to the challenge because <laughs> i i you know why not you always question whether or not could I do it? Is it, do I have enough in me to make that happen? I'm not sure. Well, you have dance yeah. skills, you have some space <laughs> to dance, you have cameras, so you have absolutely everything to make it happen. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> well, yes. I am wishing you all the best and wishing you dance and dreams and obviously wishing you to keep dance in your life and make your body feel even better and healthier and more relieved and uh, having some magic moments uh, uh, combining with your work and bringing maybe to a certain extent, of course, but this magic into your work somehow, (laughs) (laughs) inspiring (laughs) patients maybe to dance. But I also wish you to take another step and do it, whatever like was inside you, like speaking, like, ah, maybe submitting video for festival. Why not? Just take that step because you definitely have all tools and uh, I'm absolutely sure it will be very cool and funny adventure for you too. (laughs) Thank you, Ayana. That's, thank you for that. That's maybe a little push that I needed. Thank you for that. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your uh, dance story and uh, dance experience and insights of your dance journey, basically, with us. I really appreciate And now looking forward to seeing your video submission to whichever festival you will choose. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. Well, thank you so much for for I, I feel so honored to uh, be speaking to you today I that's it's really it's really great I thank you so much and for all of that you do you and Pedro it's it's really 
really awesome. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much. And that's it for today, guys. But before you go away, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends. And if you post it on social media, please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast. Thanks for being with us and I'll see you next week. Same time, same place. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free.